0: Hello everyone, my name is Finn Randall and I am a student of the Central West Leadership Academy in Dubbo, New South Wales and welcome to our podcast Pieces of Wisdom where we interview Dubbo's role models, icons and politicians about leadership, justice and their lives. In each episode we ask them for a piece of wisdom they wish they had at our age. In this episode Carrigan Baker and I interviewed Dubbo City Councillor Jane Diffie and here is what she has to say. Thank you, Ms Diffie, for taking the time and effort to talk to us as we understand that you have a great deal to do. We're very grateful for your time and it's an honour to interview you.
1: Thank you very much and thank you for having me.
0: Where were you born?
1: I was born at Dubbo Base Hospital.
0: What was your life like as a young child?
1: Oh, it was very exciting. I loved my life as a child. My parents and family had a property at a little place called Wongarbon. Um, So we grew up on a farm out there. And it was great. It was really good. Lots of fun things to do. Learned a lot of things at a a very early young age. So um, it was very, very good.
0: What's your most vivid memory from your childhood?
1: My most vivid memory? I've got lots of memories from my childhood. Um, Probably picnics down at Mitchell's Creek on a weekend, helping Dad on the farm horse riding, motorbike riding, lots of fun things, holidays. We used to go on holidays. We had family at Foster and my cousins from Foster used to come in the May school holidays. So we'd meet halfway at Denman and pick them up and they'd come for the farm experience. And then in the Christmas holidays, we'd pack up and go to Foster for a family holiday.
0: What was school like for you? Describe yourself as a student
1: school, what was school like for me? So I went to um, Wengarbon Primary School, so it was a small school, so there were 63 students there in total. Um, So it was fun um, and it was great um, because you got to interact with everyone, so you were with everyone from kindergarten through to Year 6. So it was a shock when we finished at primary school to come to Dubbo High School um, because you went from students of 63 in total to a Year 7 of 110, so I felt a little bit lost. What was I like as a student? Um, People may not believe it, but I was actually quite a shy child. Um, And I was um, academic. I worked hard. Um, I wasn't very sporty. Um, I was definitely more of an academic student.
0: Did you know that you wanted to be a member of the council when you were a child?
1: No, definitely not. did not know that at all. Um, I think... When I was in high school, I decided I wanted to be a physiotherapist, and so for year 10 in work experience, I went and uh, spent two weeks working with a local physiotherapist. So for year 11 and 12, I picked the appropriate subjects to do physiotherapy, and um, discovered science wasn't really my forte, so headed down more a path of business studies, but I, never, I actually never envisaged that my career or my professional life would take the road that it has.
0: What do you do for a living?
1: What do I do for a living? So I work as an electorate officer for the local state member, Troy Grant, uh, and in my role as an electorate officer, it's really hard to define what I actually do. So I manage the member's diary for him, but other parts of my work are that I look after a number of portfolios on behalf of the member. So I deal with people in the community and constituents who have issues with Housing and disability, education, um, mental health, ageing. Uh, so I cover probably the busiest portfolios, um, and it's. Um, I started here in February 2017 uh, with no idea of what I was going into, and I don't really have a political background at all. Um, but I wish I'd actually done it a very long time ago. It's a very rewarding and fulfilling job, and it is what you can achieve by assisting the local member is um, far more than I anticipated I would be able to do.
0: Tell us about your career progression.
1: Oh, my career progression. So I was accepted into university when I finished year 12 but decided I would uh, defer for 12 months and I was going to do a a Bachelor of Business Management Um, I started working in a men'swear store, believe it or not, and worked at Blau's Men'swear for twelve months, and decided that I didn't want to go and be a break uni student, so I enrolled in TAFE and did some certificates through TAFE in business management, and I worked with Warwick Blau's and the team for five years, and then I applied for a job as a property manager with McEwen's First National, which is now Elders Real Estate, and I was there up until we had our first child in two thousand and nine when Clancy was born. Um, So I started as a property manager, worked as a property manager for 18 months and did my certificate of registration in real estate. And then I progressed from a property manager to a salesperson and stayed as a salesperson until I finished there in 2009. Um, So I did auctioneering as well. So I was actually the New South Wales real estate, Arana division auctioneer winner and went on to the uh, state finals. And so, my claim to fame is Damien Cooley that auctions on the block. I actually tied for equal second with him in the New South Wales competition. So, that's my claim to fame. Um, loved real estate, fantastic. Um, but when we, my husband Anderson and I, decided to have a family, it wasn't a career that I felt I could do my best out while trying to raise a family as well. Um, so one of the ladies that I had worked with at McEwan's had actually bought the strata role from there. So I started with her just part-time and um, I was able to work from home, which was and an really beneficial. I was still then in the workforce, so I felt like I was still contributing, but I was also able to raise our girls as well working from home. So I worked as a strata manager and did my strata management licence uh, and did that until I started here in 2017. So a long real estate background.
0: We noticed that you were double local woman of the year in 2016. Can you tell us more about that and that experience?
1: So in yeah, 2016 I was nominated and received the award of local woman of the year. Um it's a massive honour and of course it's something that I got an award for doing things that I just Because I love doing them. So I was in 2000, gosh, now we're going back a long way. No, 1999. I was the Dubbo Showgirl. And part of being the Showgirl is that you become part of the committee, and the Dubbo Show Society basically becomes a second family, really. So I stepped down from my role in the Show Society. Uh, when I was elected to council um, because I felt that it would be a conflict of interest. Um, So last year would have been my, or this year would have been my 18th year on the show society. And during that time, I took over chief stewarding of the showgirl competition and had the opportunity to meet some amazing young girls and mentor them. And a lot of them are still very close friends of mine today. Um, So I became involved in the, but the award is basically for your community involvement. So I had been on the show society for 18 years. Um, When our daughter Claire was born, she was 18 months old when she was diagnosed with a disability. So ARANA Early Childhood Intervention were instrumental in providing support and therapy to Claire and to our family. Um, So I immediately became involved on the board there. Um, so that was in 2012, and I'm still on the board of the Run Early Childhood Intervention. It's one of the committees I'm very passionate about. So I was elected as vice chair pretty much as soon as I was on the committee and serve as the chairperson now. So that role is something that I think is for a lifetime as well. The lady that I took over from had been doing it for over 27 years. So. I also um, became involved in the preschool community and went on to the management committee for Dublin District Preschool and was elected as president of the preschool and did that role until I was elected to council last year. So we implemented some huge business changes there um, and changed the model. Um, And basically, I'm very proud of what we achieved as a team, as a management committee, because I think that's an important role to play. You're, not, you're the leader, but you've got to work as a team. And so we saw the establishment of two new classrooms at Dublin District Preschool. So the award was an honour for my work in the community, but it wasn't, I'd felt that I didn't achieve it on my own because you're always surrounded by a fantastic team that support you to achieve those goals.
0: Did you form Claire's Angels by yourself or did you do it with other people?
1: No, we were actually approached by friends for Claire's angels um, when Claire, our eldest daughter, was diagnosed with Rett syndrome. Um, so the angels bit comes from the fact that girls with Rett syndrome are referred to as silent angels because so Rett syndrome is a neurological disorder. Um, it's not... It's mostly common in girls. It occurs in mm-hmm. about one in 12,000 girls. And it can be different in every girl depending on where the mutation is. So it's a mutation on a protein-providing gene called the p 2 gene. So depending on how that mutation um, and where it is on that gene depends on how severely the girls are affected by it. So for us, Claire was only um, mildly affected but significantly in that she developed typically until she was 18 months old and then started to regress and lose all of her skills. Um, so... She had gone from being able to hold a sippy cup herself to not being able to pick things up Um, and we knew that there was the real possibility she was never going to talk, Um, she may never walk and she lost all her purpose for her movement over time and developed a stereotypical hand movement which is common with Rett syndrome. So for Claire, most girls would do a hand-wringing motion or clapping but because of where her mutation was And there was only two other girls with a similar one in Australia. She tapped her head. So it was a reflex that she couldn't help, but it was more prominent when she was frustrated or cranky because um, intellectually there was nothing wrong with her. She just couldn't make her body do what it wanted to do. Um, And other parts of the syndrome meant that there was a very real possibility she could develop scoliosis over time um, and epilepsy. So we were fortunate, Claire probably didn't develop epilepsy until she was about three years old. But to go back to your original question, Claire's angels, a group of friends approached just when she was first diagnosed, recognising that we were going to have a really hard road um, and wanted to raise money for us to help us financially. And Angus and I both said, no, thank you very much. We don't want you to do that, but let's support other families who are worse off than us and run Early Childhood Intervention for the work that they do. So that's how Claire's Angels was formed. Um, and to date we have raised over $175,000 for Rett Syndrome research around early childhood intervention and other children with disabilities in the region.
0: What does the organisation do?
1: <laughs> what do we do? So we typically just hold fundraising functions. Um, I guess one of the things with Rett Syndrome for us and for our group of friends was that Rett Syndrome was actually reversed in mice models in 2007 and there's a very real possibility that at some point there could be a cure so if we can help contribute to assisting doctors to further their research in looking for a cure for Rett syndrome so that's what we do but we're also about raising awareness I think of the plight of these beautiful girls um Claire we didn't had no idea how many lives Clancy had touched and how recognised we were. I mean, it was an, a huge shock the week that she passed away to open the Liberal one day and see that there was a story about her. We had no idea that Claresey had had such an effect on the community. And I think for Clare's Angels and for us, that was probably the most significant thing is that people recognise what Rett syndrome was. So there's actually. There was three girls here in Dubbo. Um, there's another little girl who was a month older than what, or is a month older than what Clairsey would have been. So Claire would have been nine this year. So she passed away in 2014. Um, so Sarah's is nine. And then there was an older girl, Miranda, who, incredibly enough, we actually grew up two properties away from the families. So Miranda wasn't diagnosed. She was 27 and she passed away at the end of last year at 48. So there, there's no, they can lead a very typical life, um, just with the with disability. So she used her eyes to communicate. So we had trialled and were actually the day that she passed away due to pick up a device for a second trial um, called an eye gaze device. So it was a MyTobi and it had an infrared camera on it and it would pick up where she was looking. So she could look at the screen, the camera would pick it up and she could tell you what she wanted to do by using that. So she's quite cheeky. She'd managed to in the first trial. We had it for four weeks, and she'd achieved all her four-week goals in the first week. But we'd left her one day having a look through. We don't. We didn't. We don't eat a lot of junk food, but McDonald's is a treat. Like most families, Claire had managed to navigate her way through the screens and find the golden arches. <laughs> <laughs> she wasn't silly by any means. So that's what what Claire's Angels is about: is raising recognition, I think, and ensuring that. Um, that there's access to places like early childhood intervention.
0: What do you think leadership means?
1: Mm, leadership, I think, can have different meanings for different people, but for me, leadership means having a vision and being able to share that vision, um, inspiring others, motivation and being able to channel energy, um, support and providing support as a leader to the team, um, empathy, emotional intelligence. Um, and being, being able to put yourself in the place of others and, and being able to listen, um, imagine and creativity, managing and being able to lead and guide your team. Um, I think working as a team involves people management, so always seeking continuous improvement.
0: What do you think the council's role is in the community?
1: I think council's role has changed from what it originally was thought to be. So, yes, we're in charge of um, waste, local roads, but we're, there's also a number of other things like buildings, parks, libraries, childcare, youth services, um, social planning and local environment as well as um, other resident services. So I think it's becoming a more di- diversified role as a council um, and, and it's more, a lot more community-based than what I envisaged it was.
0: Why did you decide to put your hand up?
1: It's really funny you asked that question. And when, when so my five year old said to me the other day, Mummy, why did you put your hand up for council? I went, Wow, that's a really good question, Maggie. <laughs> um, I guess I wanted to be able to contribute at a higher level to the community than what I had been doing before as a whole. Um, and that's why I put my hand up for council.
0: What was it like to campaign?
1: Oh, wow very different to what you imagine it's going to be. Challenging at times, um, a lot of hard work, uh, pre-polled for two weeks standing down Macquarie Street, which is like a wind tunnel that is freezing, um, but, yeah, it was a very big learning experience, if I can say that.
0: Did you ever consider quitting?
1: No, although have I sense there have been times, but no.
0: <laughs> what do you hope to accomplish while you're on the council?
1: What do I hope to accomplish for the, while I'm on council? I hope that people in the community feel that I have represented their views and that I have been able to achieve something for them.
0: Would you consider running for other officers one day, local MP?
1: Wow. Look, at the, at this point in time, I'm very happy where I am and doing what I'm doing. I wouldn't rule it out down the track, but at this stage, no.
0: As is the case in many parliaments around the world, women remain significantly underrepresented in the Australian parliament. In Australia, only 32% of the current sitting parliament is female. Why do you think it's important for women to run for office?
1: I certainly think it's important that women put their hand up for the role of office because it's important that we're represented across the board. But I also think too that there's so much focus on that we need to have women in these roles I think that it's also we need to be mindful of the fact too that whilst we need more women in office, it's important that the best person for the job is getting the role and if that's a woman, that's fantastic. But I don't think that people, that women should be in positions because we need women there. I think it should be because that's the best person for the job.
0: Could you tell our listeners one piece of wisdom that you wish you had at our age?
1: take every opportunity with both hands would be my piece of wisdom that I wish you had and work hard, I think, would be the other thing. I think for me my attitude to life changed completely when our daughter was diagnosed with a disability Um, and you go through life thinking that you're going to travel this perfect road, I'm going to have a great job, I'm going to get married and I'm going to have children and I think it was about Lithgow on the way home from Westmead and I'm sitting there with this massive handbook in my lap on Rett syndrome and I don't think I'd really stopped crying every time I tried to speak. I started to cry. And I looked, turned around and looked in the back seat and here's our beautiful little 18-month-old girl sitting there, quite happy, enjoying everything, looking around. And I looked at my husband, Angus, and I went, you know what? We can't change this. So it's about trying to find the positives and getting on with what we can do with our life and with Claire's life to make a difference. And, you know, she's she's still our little girl and you've just got to get on with it. So I think my piece of wisdom would be always look at things with a positive light because there has to be some good that can come from things.
0: Thank you for participating in our interview and answering our questions about your childhood, career and experiences.
1: Thank you very much for having
0: me. That wraps up another episode of Pieces of Wisdom. We learned a lot about Jane Diffie and her role as a Dubbo councillor. What stood out to you? Tune in to future episodes where we talk to Troy Grant and other city councillors. Thank you all for listening.